Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Browntree, and you're tuned into episode 46 of Hashtag You Good Man. I know we missed a week last week, but I had the privilege to be in, in Miami, Florida. Well, actually, Aventura, Florida, which I never knew existed until last week. But I had a privilege to be down there uh, for the Black Enterprise Black Men Excel four-day event. It was it was a beautiful event, but some a, a few ideas came up out of that event that I'll be discussing on the podcast today. And I think they're they're not only important, but they're prevalent themes that exist amongst men and which can impact our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness. So to to give a recap, being down in near Miami was in was an ordeal. You had Hurricane Dorian. You see it on the on the weather watch on everything. Everybody's talking about it. People are changing their flights. Who instead of staying down there four days, they're staying down there two, just because of this pending hurricane that hit the Bahamas hard. It's, it's unfortunate when you see, um, you know, events like this take place because they're they can't be stopped, right? They, they can't be helped. It's not like you can tell a, a hurricane, yo, relax, chill. It's something that's going to come now. Do a, is there definitely a man-made aspect into the intensity of, of all of these, these events that are taking place when we talk about global warming or what have you? For sure. But unfortunately, these are just things that, that happen. And so you wish the, the best for those who have to endure and so being under this Hurricane Dorian watch, a lot of people were timid and, and tentative about what it is that they were doing. But honestly, it only rained maybe about two to three times. A typical Miami, Florida weather where it might rain for 20 minutes, then it's 90 degrees for the remainder of the day. And so that's what happened. So I'm glad to to have got, been able to get out of Miami International Airport without incident and, you know, just overall have have great travel. So with regards to the event, um, it was it was a solid event. Um, you know, I have my my concerns. And for those who aren't familiar with the, the Black Enterprise, Black Men Excel of, event. So what it is for the last five years, they've been honoring black men within their respective fields. They 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 get a write up on blackenterprise.com, which is, is kind of dope because you, you get this. Not only you you get it more accessibility for people to to be able to reach out and contact you, but it's it's something about being honored, right? A lot of times in the work that we do, especially if you're in human services or a helping profession, we're we're often in thankless jobs, and so just to get some love from people that look like you is just a it's a beautiful feeling. It's a great feeling. I had the privilege of being honored last year, and it was an amazing event. Um, you know, I really got it. I really was able to connect with 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 brothers down here. A large majority of the men that showed up last year. This year was a, a, a tad bit different. Not anything on Black Enterprises part. They put on a, an, an amazing, amazing event. You know, the hotel was was super dope that they comped for me. It was at the JW Turnberry. When I say this hotel was amazing and the golf course, just being able to look out. It was amazing. Just to give you some idea, they had it has their own water park, right? And not just the, the rinky-dink water park. I'm talking about like your Six Flags, your Dorney Park, uh, for those who are up north, who your King's Dominion type, where it's like a thousand feet in the air and, you know, the slides or what have you. So just to give you an idea of, of how 
you know, A1 the hotel was, how amazing the service was, the, the food was cool. So it wasn't anything really on Black Enterprise's part. It was more so about the the, the men that convened, in particular a specific age bracket. I, I would say about the 45 and up age bracket. Um, it Comparatively speaking to last year, for anybody that wants to to attend, I, I always encourage to go. I'm going to continue to go because I think it's that necessary. But what I noticed last year, it was like a camaraderie where you weren't going to walk past another brother without saying what's up or what's happening, what's going on. This year was a bit different. And I noticed that it took place within that age range that I just mentioned, the 45 and older. And again, not all of them, but it was more so um, a, a machismo um, type of, of show off ego big head type of vibe that i that i got from brothers and, and people who know me know i'm extremely easy going i like to laugh i like to joke and i was able to connect i was able to connect with necessary people right i always look at my i you know i'm not a fan of the, the shishi food network and as i always say i'm a fan of having real uh productive connections with people in this case brothers and i was able to to secure that with executives with state senators and what have you even now it's, it wasn't about what can i do for you or what can you do for me it was just about yo let's just enjoy this moment and be present and i noticed a lot of people um in that age range just not being present and so i lost my glasses down there so that definitely impacted my mood the first day or two right um and then i also had a, a situation with penny hardaway anthony hardaway who played in the nba quick story about penny and how i've messed up my three minutes uh my three minutes of fame and convo with him and some of you might have seen it on my social media but you know i walk out of the event where they were honoring jesse jackson eddie lavert uh jerome bettis all these great men were being honored again it's a first class event and I walk out and I see Penny and I stand there and I look at him and I say, I'm glad the Sixers beat you in the 1999 playoffs. And as soon as I said it, I just facepalm, right? It was just facepalm. And I'm looking at the look at his face like, bro, what are you talking about? That was 20 years ago. And so I was able to make up for it a little bit. I wanted to ask him about Andrew Luck to get his thoughts on that. And, and him retiring due to injury and the drain that it takes on him. And so what he said to me was, listen, man, it, when he, when I got hurt and, and messed my, my knee up and came back, it was like a blow to the, to the chest going from being elite to being just okay. Right. He recognized that he dropped significantly. And so it impacted him mentally. And so one of the reasons why he's in the coaching now is because he recognizes just to, to keep, first of all, keep the student athletes he coaches at Memphis to help keep them grounded, right? He's going to get talent and he's going to get NBA talent, but just to keep them grounded and let them know that it can all be gone in, in one failed swoop. And that's what happened with him. It was gone in one failed swoop. We then would see him in what? In Phoenix, I believe. Did he, I think Penny went to Phoenix. Uh, we saw him with the Knicks. Um, but we just didn't see the best Penny Hardaway. And he was able to acknowledge that. And clearly he was able to work through that to be in a position where he is now. But it was just like, bro, that's the best you can offer, <laughs> you know, offer somebody. So just that quick story.
But, you know, in, in getting back to just the overall vibe of, of the event, um, again, amongst the young folk, the young folk were eager. They wanted to talk and have conversation. Again, we're talking about black men who are typically in situations where we collaboration is an afterthought to competition. We're in so many competitive environments. And I'm not just talking about on the athletic field, but just um, just in life and walking down the street and looking at it and sizing another brother up or being in these work environments or different spaces where we're always in competition. And to be here at this event where we're all being celebrated is supposed to be just a collaborative space from the jump. And so I ended up engaging after that Penny Hardaway debacle. I ended up participating in a in an impromptu You Good Man wellness conversation with some brothers who were outside smoking cigars. My intent was to go back to my hotel room. But the one older brother, he was, had to be in his 50s, he brought up a conversation. I don't watch Queen Sugar, but just about men in safe spaces and is it necessary, which I was going to be talking about within the next few days during my during my my panel session at the event, and so we engaged in this conversation. And one of the, one of one of the brothers was like, "Listen, you know, me being a young man and me showing up in these spaces, right? Especially spaces like this, there's uh, an automatic idea that I'm here to learn and to get information and to collaborate, but that energy isn't being received." and being reciprocated by others. And he just wanted to get our thoughts. And so the older brother was like, well, you just can't just get in the environment and assume you got to show up and you got to do, um, you got to be, you know, show your best self. You got to engage and what have you. And it was just that old idea of I'm the adult, you're the kid, I'm the mentor, you're the mentee, you need to come get me. Right. You need to come ask me. And to a certain extent, I, I understand that. Right. Because closed mouths don't get fed. However, when we talk about environments such as, you know, black men excel and, you know, where it's a collaborative environment and we're all here for the same reason. At minimum, of what's up of what's going on? Right. Is 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 definitely should be happening. There's no reason why anybody should be able to walk past somebody without saying hello. And this happened several times. And listen, I'm not going to act like holier than thou. Listen, I lost my glasses, so I was in a little bit of a funk. And also we take into, into consideration that we never know what somebody's going through at that moment in time. But I saw it happening too often where it was just, it was really clickish. And I saw what he was saying and, and like, yo, I'm here, right? I might not necessarily have the words to, to be able to communicate that, yo, can we poly? Can we connect? Can we talk? You know, the the older brothers that I had conversations with there, some of them I initiated, but some of them came up to me and said, hey, you know, what you, what you got going there? Where you from? Like, in that type of space, it's simple. Hey, what's up, brother? Where you from? Right. And, and that can start the conversation. But it was so much pushback to just his idea that, listen, I'm in this space, so it should just be known that we're here for a purpose. I agree wholeheartedly with it, but the pushback, and I noticed the pushback came from older adults, uh, uh, older men about how you're supposed to engage in that environment. And I, I take that because they were are from a time, from an era where they had to probably, you know, I don't I hate to say beg and plead, 
you know, but do their damnness to engage the elder generation who might not want another thing to do with them. So they had the, to to really earn that respect and what have you. Right. And so we're saying here, listen, yeah, it, it's, it should respect to definitely be reciprocal. But um, just because you're older, you're definitely not going to get it. But also just because I'm younger doesn't mean that I have to initiate the conversations. Right. I was expect us as elders to be able to do that. Hence the reason why I do it with, with young folk. I feel like it's my responsibility to be able to have these discussions with young brothers that's younger than me because I've been in their seats to where um, what what I wanted to happen and our lack of comfort in an environment or just not even knowing has limited me. So, you know, that was one of the takeaways. And then another takeaway, which was unfortunate, was just some concerns levied by women at the event about how, and again, it came from this demographic of the older men where they were just being outright blatantly disrespected, um, being propositioned. And, you know, I, if it came from one person, I'd be like, you know, it's unfortunate to definitely have that. And not to say I definitely don't believe you, I definitely believe you. But then when you when you start to hear from multiple people about the lack of comfort that they felt um, with regards to some of their interactions with various, whether it was executives or, you know, just other older men there in general, it was like, man, you know, it, it was it hurt to hear. It definitely hurt to hear. Again, it's not indicative of the event because unfortunately, when you do get, no matter what the environment is, you do get people in this space, you are going to have some bad apples, right? You're going to have some bad apples, but it should always be our goal to protect our women, right? Just in humanity, it, it being a human being, our goal should be to protect women and our goal should be to protect ourselves, right? And protect our brothers. We should be protecting one another, especially in situations where we're outnumbered in that level of discomfort. Shoot, if you're saying it's going to be 700 people there and it's and 550 of them are going to be men, then it's incumbent upon us men to make sure that that 150, because they're in the minority, right? And they're already possibly coming from environments um, especially in the business world, we know women make less than men. We know that they're, they aren't um, promoted at higher rates than men. So we need to be cognizant of that, especially in events like that. So, um, but overall, you know, the sessions were amazing. My mentor, Alfred Edmonds, he, he and his wife, Zara Green, gave, um, and the Boyds, who was another family there, they, um, you know, talked about financial literacy, not financial literacy, financial literacy and love and relationships and what that looks like. Well, a key thing that I got from that was the importance of seeing a financial planner, especially if you're getting serious about somebody. And it's the idea that we can have all of these things great, but money can F things up. Think about it. You got somebody you haven't talked to from whenever for because of, they owe you five dollars. Right. All right. Five dollars might be an exaggeration, but you understand the sentiment. Right. And so imagine not having that conversation within a relationship. And when it do come up, you don't know how to handle it or you don't know what the money looks like with regards to you guys um, and your guys' relationship. So, again, it was other amazing panels. Flex Alexander, he looks like he's like 15, even though he's like 67 years old. Um, you had some some financial tech people. You had mental health sessions that, that were great with Dr. Janet 
and, you know, some other people. And then we had the reason that I was there. I was commissioned to participate in the Cry Like a Man session, a conversation on toxic masculinity. Um, and so, and this is where the, the episode actually really starts to get interesting, where we delve into the idea of jealousy and envy. The The talk was great. The talk was great. It was by far, I say the best, I might be biased, the best uh, conversation session that was had at that at the event right because here you have three black men jason rosario jay barnett and myself and we just kept it we kept it real we were honest we were open we we were vulnerable all of the things that when we talk about masculinity is spits in the face of right so of course yeah you know i'm biased i'm gonna say we had the best one even though i love some of the other ones like uh like i previously said but the idea of jealousy and envy actually stemmed from before we even got on stage. So every year, a black enterprise, they have their modern man of the year. And so as as my mentor, Alfred, was was speaking and saying who it was, identifying who it was, you know, I was like, oh, maybe it might be me, even though I knew it wasn't going to be me. Um, and so he started identifying who it was, and it actually ended up being Jay Barnett. And a great, great brother, great brother. Jason and and Jay were two people I felt like I've known for years, even though this is my first time having convers formally, like really meeting them and having conversation. It's just like, you know, when you just connect with people, man, and hopefully there are people that I'll, I'll be a part of my life and likewise going forward. And so when he, when his name was called, he was emotional. He didn't know what was going to happen. And it, right at that moment when it happened, I felt a tinge, a tinge of a little jealousy, right? I felt a tinge of a little, like, hey, ah, that should have been me, right? And so I immediately stopped that thought. I told myself, stop, relax, relax. Let the, enjoy this, brother. Enjoy this moment while you're in it. And so I immediately gave Jay a hug, right? I immediately got those thoughts out of my head and they were gone, right? He went on stage. I made it my purpose to, to record his acceptance speech, which you could go on his page, King J. Barnett, and you can see that speech. It was a beautiful speech. I don't even know if I could have did that impromptu, right? I like to have stuff written down. And so so with that, you know, everything kept going and we were on stage and we were talking. And again, me being me, full moment of transparency in front of hundreds of people, I said, listen, I talked about the unhealthy tennis of toxic masculinity and how it manifests itself in jealousy and envy and how when Jay's name was called, how those feelings of quote unquote hate popped into my head, right? Now, again, I talked about how I got past it, but then I had to look at what factors influenced the competition versus collaboration that influenced the jealousy and envy. First, I'm human, right? Humans have survived for thousands and thousands of years off of competition and collaboration. And then I had to look at the idea of, of my, I'm so critical of hip hop and, and what it's done to our community, especially as black men and how, you know, I broke up the example of how Jay say, what's the difference between a, a 4.0 and a 4.6, you know, and he gave some number. We talking about competition. I'm better than you. Right. That should be mine. I got the baddest girl. I got the dopest car. I got the biggest house. Right. All of these unhealthy ideas being perpetrated to have these things is fine. But the unhealthy ideals in comparison and comparing yourself to another is really what becomes problematic. 
And so, you know, people say, oh, right. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not the only one that, that gets jealous. Right. And then a guy asked a question about jealousy, about wanting to know more about what I was experiencing. And it's like, you know, how can you be jealous? And it's like, because I'm human. I think so often we forget that people are human beings. Right. Jealousy isn't unnatural. It exists. Empty isn't unnatural. It exists. It's a matter of what do we do with it when it arises? Now, if I allowed that jealousy to come up during that moment in time, that little bit of hate, I always say, you know, a little bit of hate is necessary. It helps keep, you, keep your teeth white. You know, that's a playoff Paul Mooney who's going through his old little thing right now. But just that idea of, duh, I'm, I'm human. Like, what do you want me to be? To say, oh, I'm always happy and congratulatory. That can be a part of it, but also could feel some type of way too. Right. Especially if you're working hard and you, you have goals, and you have things you want to accomplish. These things arise. And so that was my response. It was all about it's not about jealousy and envy popping up. It's about what happens when they pop up. Right. I talk about how how envy can be healthy. It enables you to become aware of what you want. Right. And so, again, it can start with what about Jay getting the award. And it's not even necessarily an award for me. Like I don't do what I do, the work that I do for an award, but acknowledgement and love is always a beautiful thing, right? But it lets me know that I got further to go. It's still other things that I want to accomplish. So again, that's how we take in the unhealthy mind, the unhealthy idea of envy, right? Because it's like the seven deadly sins. Like who wants to be associated with the seven deadly sins? But we're talking about it helps me become aware of what I want, right? It's going to provoke my aspirations, my motivations, and me goal setting. When my homegirl Shanda, Shanda, excuse me, Shanda recently got her PhD in psychology, and she done changed her whole name on the gram, page and Dr. Shanda, you know what I mean? Like all that. But no, it's like salute to her. Like a partner was like, ah, that should be me. All right, that can be you, brother. Now what you going to do? You going to study for this GRE. You going to start writing these academic papers for submittal. You going to start, you know, trying to find um, references or what have you. Let's get these goals ready. Let's get that motivation ready going from it. It can start with somebody else, but it has to end about being about you. Right. No different than jealousy. Je jealousy is OK in healthy, small doses. Right. But when it becomes the motivating factor, that's when it becomes unhealthy, right? When we think about jealousy and envy, it often arises when you want something for yourself. It was a point in time where I wanted to be a, a, a school teacher, right? Now, if I see somebody being a school teacher now, yeah, I don't really care, right? Because it's not what I want. But if I say, I'm, you know, I'm writing a book right now. I'm writing a memoir. When I see somebody drop their book, like when I saw, shoot, I sound, I sound like, hey, that's how I sound in those state. I sound like a hater. Jay had his book with him. All I had is in my laptop some thousands of words that I'm writing. When I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, the macho man, Randy Savage, because I wanted I want that for myself. So, yes, it's a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of envy, but it's because I want it for myself. And there's nothing wrong with wanting something for yourself. 
so often, you know, whether it's religion, whether it's just overall society, it's like we can't want, we can't desire to have. And just that that type of thinking is so problematic. Listen, I recognize how volatile jealousy and envy can be, right? And that's why it's important that we recognize when it becomes unhealthy. One of the things that happens when it consumes your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Think about it. If I was unable to perform and, and go on stage with Jay because I'm jealous, I'm envious, problematic, unhealthy, volatile, or if we're in a relationship and we start snooping through our partner's phone. Again, unhealthy, volatile. If I'm unable to say, yo, that's what's up. I'm happy for you, which is offering a compliment. Like, yo, that's dope. Volatile. If I find myself jumping to conclusions, right? Oh, you were out. You didn't answer the phone in three minutes. What were you out there? You out there cheating? Unhealthy. Volatile. And then we know what can come from that. We're talking about emotional, physical issues like increased stress, high blood pressure, depression, anxiety, and so forth. I've been there in these spaces where I've allowed jealousy and, and envy to consume me a little bit longer than it probably should have. Again, I'm human. I have no problem saying it. I'm not the only one who's experienced this. But it's important that we find the solutions to work on on what it is that we're experiencing so we can find ourselves not avoiding or ignoring or sitting in these these unhealthy feelings. But we're working our way not around, but through. So we're talking about engaging in healthy self-talk. Yo, you're dope, too, Phil. You're amazing, too, Phil. It's not about Jay. You're amazing. You're a dope speaker. You're a dope writer. You're a dope individual. Or it means, you know what, having a conversation with your partner. Listen, that made me feel insecure. Right? You staying out till 3 a.m. not calling me. Right? I was a little insecure. It's not that I was, you know, and so the jealousy comes up because I'm unsure. Right? And yes, that's a part of self, but I'm letting you know what makes me feel un insecure. So hopefully as a relationship, we have that as partners, we have that safe space where we can have that conversation. We're talking about create a gratitude journal Write down. Yo, I feel thankful for this. Or just purchase the, the Protect Your Quad uh, wellness journal that's coming out in, in the next few weeks. Because we got some gratitude. There's just some daily gratitude. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. You can write it down. Or you could download a, a meditation app. I have an app on my phone called Meditation. You might have heard me talk about it before. It has one specifically for gratitude. It sounds corny. I'm thankful for the trees. I'm thankful for the grass, the air that I breathe, the food that I eat. Again, so you say it over and over again, it becomes truth. You really start to feel it more and more. You ever listen to a song repeatedly? And the one song that I think about that stands out is Panda, right, by Designer. Like, yeah, the first song, first time, it's like, yo, this is crazy. Then it seemed like the seventh time, it got even crazier. And I feel it even more right in a row, <laughs> right? That's the same thing with gratitude. You say it long enough you hopefully begin to believe it. 
Again, nothing helps you work towards jealousy and envy than establishing and working towards your goals, right? If you see something that somebody else has that you want, that's within your control, then start laying the foundation so you can attain it. No reason to sit there and suck your teeth, right? I can't suck my teeth at Ben Simmons, right? Because I can't achieve that. I can't be jealous of what he has. I can't be mad at that. Now, if I'm somebody with NBA talent and they're telling me I have NBA level talent and I get a little jealousy, ah, yeah, let me let me work a little bit harder, right? Same thing with the writing. Yeah, I see Jay with the book. I see other brothers with books out. That's something within my control. I can publish a book. I will publish a book. But writing down those goals and working towards them helps quell the effects of jealousy and envy. And then last but not least, therapy, man. Therapy to understand the motivation behind it all. The more and more I get into self and recognizing who I am, I realize ain't nothing of this about anybody else. Everything starts and ends with me. It's about my upbringing. It's about my, it's about my experiences, whether traumatic or adverse or healthy. These all play a part. My decision making, these all influence my ability to and how I cope with jealousy and envy. So I hope you guys take this information into consideration for sure. Listen, thank you for tuning in to episode 46. Don't forget, share with a brother, share with a sister. I'm now offering mental wellness coaching. You can DM me on Instagram. Check out the website, Quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y-L-L-C.net slash coaching. Instagram is Phil underscore Quadify. Hit me on Twitter, even though I don't use Twitter, at Phil underscore Quadify. Feel free to grab some merch, destigmatizing merchandise. This is what depression and or anxiety looks like black healing matters and i just appreciate anybody who's ever tuned in or purchased anything from me it means a lot or just said a kind word so i appreciate you guys until next time america peace